Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. After five and a half months, the wait is finally over. Our favorite ATP and WTA players returning to the court in New York as they compete in the year's second Grand Slam, the U.S. Open. I know I speak for all of us when I say it was so great to watch the Western and Southern Open unfold, to see the level of tennis get better and better as the week progressed. It has us all excited to see what's about to unfold over these next two weeks in New York. Of course, on Thursday, always one of the most enjoyable parts of a Grand Slam, there was a draw reveal. We got the men's and women's draw. We've had a weekend to, you know, analyze that draw, give our takes, start to accumulate them. And that's what we're going to be doing on today's podcast, the last piece of our U.S. Open preview content, a little bit of a draw preview. Now, of course, Jamie McDonald and I already did an abridged version of these previews on our YouTube channel. So if you're looking for the 10-minute, the, the big hits, the you know the highlights of each draw, be sure to go check those out. But it's time for us to go in-depth. It's time for us to take a deep dive and ultimately try and come up with our takes of what we think is about to go down in New York. And joining me to do that for the men's draw, the man we always call upon when it's Grand Slam time here at Crack Rackets. You, of course, know him as a former four-star recruit on TennisRecruiting.net, one of your favorite Cracked Rackets writers and a man I affectionately refer to as Matt the Crack Stokowiak. Matty, hey, great shot and welcome back to the show. You getting excited? Oh man, you already know the answer to that. I feel like <laughs> out of all the pods that we've done, right, we we live for these draw preview pods for the Grand Slams, don't we? I mean, this is like, this is our highlight of the year when we get to go through these draws Three out of five sets. I mean, it's it's awesome, man. I'm ready to rock and roll. My three favorite pods of the year are, without question, the U.S. Open. No disrespect to the Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon. I just always get amped. Labor Day weekend, the U.S. Open draw pod. I love doing that with you. I love doing every first day major recap with you on the mini break as well. And then the one I also have to throw in there, ITA kickoff weekend preview. I always get so excited for that one, and I know you do as well, Maddie, because it usually means the college tennis season is upon us. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, 128 draw, it's the biggest draw you're going to find in tennis. You have, you know, predominantly the top 128 players in the world on both the men's and women's side. Now, this year, obviously, there are some exceptions given we're in the midst of a global pandemic, but we're in the midst of a global pandemic, Maddie, and we're still going to get Grand Slam tennis. That is absolutely a win. We weren't sure if we were ever going to reach this point, and of course, there is so much going on in the tennis world off the court right now. We've talked about those subjects at length on our mini break podcast. So if you want to hear more about the formation of the PTPA, Vashik Pospisil, Novak Djokovic breaking away from the ATP Player Council, of course, go listen to the podcast I did yesterday with Ben Rothenberg. He and Chris Clary broke the story for the New York Times, so there's no one you would rather hear from. Uh, but of course, that is not what we are going to be focused on today. As I mentioned, it's a draw preview. Maddie and I, we have this science down to a T. It's going to be five questions 
per quarter of the draw. We're going to go through our best first round matches. We're going to talk about the seeds on upset alert. We're going to talk about the unseeded player that can make the round of 16 or further in each section. We're going to say, hey, if it's not the top seed advancing out of this quarter, who will it be? And then, of course, it's Maddie and I, so we're going to give our predictions. We're going to give our takes. I've gone on some other shows and given some takes before. These are the takes that count. These are the takes you can hold me to, folks. I sat on all those other podcasts, by the way. Once I get to the draw preview show, once I'm with Maddie Stacks, he's going to hold me accountable to what I say. So I have some time to work some takes until then. But these are the real deal, folks. And you know, Maddie Stacks always comes fully loaded as well. Of course, the reason we are able to do these podcasts here each and every day at Crack Direct, it's been able to do so much preview content, hopefully have all of you listeners ready for the action in New York, is because of the support we get from our friends. And here at the Great Shot Podcast, that friend is DraftKings. And if you listen to this pod, you know each and every day we give out our GSP aces of the day. We make our picks because there's so much action going on around the tennis world. And we know you Cracked Rackets fans, the most informed, the best educated in the business. Why not take advantage of that fact? Play along with our friends at DraftKings. Here's how it works. You're going to create your DraftKings Sportsbook account and make a deposit. From there, DraftKings will match your first deposit at 20% up to $500. From there, it's even better, Maddie. You're You're going to make your first bet, and DraftKings will also match that with a risk-free first bet up to $500. Just go to dkng.co slash great shot to play. That's dkng.co slash great shot. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. You must be 21 years or older and in a participating state to take advantage of this offer. Deposit bonus is in DK dollars, which have no cash value and must be used on DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for more details. And again, 128 uh, players in each of these draws. That means 128 first-round singles matches. So much action to get in on. You can do all of that. Take advantage of DraftKings limited time offer by going to dkng.co slash great shot. I will say, Maddie, one thing that has changed since our first draw breakdown we did since we started going every day during uh Grand Slams on the podcast. It's nice to have a promo code, right? It's nice to be able to play along with DraftKings. I feel like these have gotten more and more legitimate as we've gone. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. It's awesome. I love DraftKings. I mean, I uh, I can't say that I was into it that much over the last few years, but uh, it's you get into it, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. It's just that extra adrenaline rush you need while you're watching this tennis. And you're right, yep. it, it just makes it that much more interactive, that much more enjoyable. But again, speaking of enjoyable, we get to break down these draws. Again, we're going to go through all four quarters of the draw. We're going to ask those five questions in each of the quarters. With that in mind, Maddie, let's get into it. And let's start at the top of this men's singles draw. Number one seed, Novak Djokovic, goes into the Western and Southern Open, deals with some sort of neck injury the almost the entire week, You know, finds himself down a set in the final against Milos Raonic, a 6-1 first set, 
to Raonic. It doesn't matter. Novak Djokovic seemingly able to flip on the switch whenever he liked all week long. He ended up become, uh, bringing home that Western and Southern title. It's only fitting that he's the number one seed in this event. And of course, worth noting, no Rafael Nadal, no Roger Federer at this year's U.S. Open for various reasons. No Stan Wawrinka either. No Gael Monfils. You want to throw Fabio Fognini as saying he's not in there either. Not because he would have won this event, but certainly you know, he would have been a top 15 seed. It is worth noting. But you look for Novak Djokovic here in this section. I think regardless, he's the prohibitive favorite. And you look at his seeds, David Goffin, the number seven seed here in this section, Shapovalov, the 12, Isner, the 16, Fritz, 19. You have Karina Busta at 20, Struff at 28, uh, Philip Krajinovic at 26. You know, as you start to look at this quarter, Maddie, what are the first round matches? that stick out to you yeah there's there's quite a few of them actually in in this quarter of the draw that stood out to me I'll go through them quickly here um Edmund Bublik obviously that just kind of jumped out and hit me just kind of a fun matchup I mean obviously we know Bublik is is an interesting player right I mean no matter who he plays um there's always going to be some type of uh you know an interesting dynamic in that match Kyle Edmund obviously a very dangerous opponent so I like that one but then you go down a little bit Steve Johnson and John Isner I always hate, especially in the U.S. Open, when two Americans like that are going to match up against each other in the first round, just because we know one of them is going to be eliminated early. And those two guys, great friends, that can make for an interesting match. So obviously those two guys in the first round, that jumped off at me. Uh, how about Shapovalov and Korda? I mean, two young guys, obviously Denis Shapovalov, you know, a big time seed number 12 at this event. And then we've got young Sebastian Korda. I thought that was a really fun popcorn match that jumped off the page at me. And then finally, all the way down at the bottom of this quarter, you have to look at Gofan and Opelka. I mean, really, right? David versus Goliath, pun intended there. Um, you know, Gofan, obviously the number seven seed in Opelka. We know what he can do with his serve. The last time we saw Riley, maybe a bit of an injury. I don't know what his status is there. I hope he's healthy because, I mean, if he is, uh, you know, this this is upset alert here. So for me, those four matches in this quarter are going to be the most fun, I think, in the first round. Well, I think that's the match you have to start with, that Opelka Gofan round one, because had he drawn another unseated player, had he had a slightly more favorable draw, Riley Opelka would be a name all of us circle, right? As a guy certainly capable of making yes. the round of 16. We saw him quarterfinals in Cincy, and yes, to your point, he pulled out of that quarterfinal against Tsitsipas up 6-5 in the first with a knee injury. He got that knee taped during the match, and hopefully it was more precautionary than anything else. And even against David Goffin, who we saw knocked out by Jan Leonard Struff also in this section. Uh, I mean, with that serve on these courts, with the momentum he's built, Opelka won in Delray Beach earlier this year. You look at where he's at in the live rankings right now. Riley Opelka uh, currently sitting at number 35. So, you know, he would have been right on the border of seeding had they seeded this today um, after the Western and Southern Open results. But yeah, I mean, Riley Opelka absolutely has Gofen on upset alert because all Riley Opelka has to do is have 
a good day of serves. Ask, you know, John Isner, Roberto Bautista Gut, or Matteo Berrettini, who have all been top 10 players who Riley's chopped when he's played them. Yeah, that's absolutely one on upset alert. Now, you mentioned a bunch of good matches. Here's just a fun tidbit for you, Maddie. What do you think Steve Johnson and John Isner, the career head-to-head, is between the two of them? Ooh, that's a good I'm gonna, question. I'll tell you this. Um, They've played yeah. nine times. That's the that's the piece of information you get. Nine times. All right, I'll go 7-2 Isner. 5-4 Steve Johnson. And here's wow. the real kicker. Stevie J, he's won the last four. So, uh, you know, 2015 and earlier, Isner won all of their matchups. Johnson since has beaten him 6-6 six and six at the City Open 2016, beat him twice in 2017 on hard courts, Auckland and Acapulco, and then beat him on the clay in Houston 2018. You see, you know, tiebreakers in all, but I think of one of the matches they've played in their career. So, yeah, it's going to be close tennis, but, you know, throw a little—I'm not saying it's upset-upset alert, because particularly you look at the recent form for Stevie J over these past two years in comparison to John is. And obviously, Isner's won a Masters title. But I just thought that was an interesting tidbit. Certainly adds another element to that first-round match. And, you know, to your point, in All-American battle, the fact that there's, you know, no no fans in the crowd, I suppose that's a bit of a dampening on what is usually would have been a really fun first-round match. It still is really fun, but even more fun for the fans in New York. Two other first-round matches I'm just going to throw at you quickly, and then we'll get into the seeds on Upset Alert. For the tennis nerds like you and me, the guys who will, you know, go to livestream.com slash ATP and just watch challenger streams all day, uh, Ty Kwiatkowski versus Sun Wukwan, that's a really fun one. Uh, because Sun Wukwan, the young, talented Korean, just rock solid. Obviously, Ty Kwiatkowski, former NCAA singles champion. That's always going to be near and dear to our heart, Maddie. That's a fun one. And then Dominic Kopfer, fourth round last year of the U.S. Open versus Taylor Fritz in that first round. I am very interested to see how both of those guys perform. Yeah, those are great choices. I mean, it's funny. We get to Grand Slam time, and I feel like we always do this, Gruskin, where almost every match is like, you know what? I just can't wait to watch this one. And it's like every single – it's all 64 first-round matches. But, um, no, those are great choices. I mean, obviously, Ty, you know, you mentioned Ty Kwiatkowski playing at, at, you know, at this level. That's going to be fun to watch. And, you know, the Kepfer-Fritz match – that yeah, I, I thought about that as well, but you know, I just I didn't want to pick too many of them for you for, for the first <laughs> quarter here. So there were a couple that I had to leave out, but no, I, I am in complete agreement. Um, very interesting matches, and I'll I'll be trying to watch as much as I can. Yeah, the two seeds, I you know, I would even throw in Mikhail Yimmer versus Philip Kranovich. Kranovich so good in the Western and Southern Open, but Mikhail Yimmer is one of those up-and-coming young players inside the top 100, was so dangerous in January. I think he got a win over Tiafo. I think he beat someone else as well. I don't remember who it was in the top 100, but a couple of ATP wins for him. And that gets us to the seeds on upset alert, right? I, Kranovich is playing really well, so I don't know if Yimmer's quite there, but here are the seeds I have on upset alert in this section, Maddie. Obviously, go fan with Opelka. I think that goes without yep. saying. I think Taylor Fritz could absolutely lose his first round match to Dominic Kopfer, given their head to head. I also think Stevie could certainly beat John Isner. 
And then I'm just going to throw a flyer. Just a flyer, Mandy. Just a little. Just, you know, I'm going to be sniffing around <laughs> on the grandstand. You might see me, my head pop up in that top row just because I want to know what's going on. Second round, Kyle Edmund or Sasha Bublik, both guys who, when they're on, are just capable of doing ridiculous things. Second round against Novak Djokovic. I am not saying it's happening, but I will be sniffing. I will be sniffing. All right, that's fine. You can be sniffing. I'll be sniffing too, but uh, it's not going to happen. I'll tell you that right now. We can sniff all we want to. Joker's not losing to Edmund or Bublik in the second round. You can take that to the bank, Gruskin. So I I, I see what you're saying. I I hear where you're coming from. Um, We'll we'll sniff around and just pop our head there and and see what goes on. But uh, no, I agree. In terms of the actual seeds on upset alert, for me, GoFan obviously is the big one, I I think. And I actually... um, I. For the purposes of this, I'm going to assume, and I don't know any information here. Maybe you can help me out with this, but I'm going to assume that Opelka is is pretty healthy. Um, and that, you know, when he pulled out of the Western and Southern, like you mentioned, that was more precautionary. I'm actually going to pick Riley Opelka to beat GoFan in the first round. I'm going to go upset alert there um, and take Opelka to win that match. And then you also mentioned Isner. Um, yes, I mean, obviously career head-to-head goes in Stevie's favor that one is definitely upset alert, but uh, I'm I'm leaning Isner just based on recent form. I think John, you know, they're going to play tiebreakers. We we probably know that, especially on this surface. I'm going to say that Isner gets a hold of a couple of returns and ends up winning that match, but easily could go four or five sets. Um, certainly upset alert, and for Fritz. I hope he doesn't lose. I mean, I really want him to win that one. Keffer is a tough opponent, but for me, I would say Gofan and and uh, John Isner are on more of an upset alert than Taylor Fritz. That's what mm-hmm. I would think. No, I think that's a really good assessment. And just quick quick note for you. In a third round, if it's an all-seeded matchup, unless that seed is a top 10 seed, it's not an upset, right? If the lower seed uh, loses. You know, if, if the right. 22 seed beats the 13 seed, that's not an upset. That's just good tennis. You know, that's just top 30 players going at it. Sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm talking like first round yeah. upsets here. Like no, just early. that. That's what I'm saying. That's what we're clarifying for our listeners. But yeah, I mean, so I've talked a lot with Mark Lucero of late, as our listeners know. Mark Lucero, of course, currently coaching Steve Johnson. And in the midst of our conversations, he mentioned at one point that, you know, they've been looking at the analytics. They've been looking at the stats. And, you know, for Steve Johnson, the thing that has always frustrated so many is how frequently he slices his backhand. Well, they've been looking at the stats and they say, look, Stevie, you actually, even though you miss more backhand returns when you swing through, it, you are winning more points when you swing through the backhand, even if you're missing, than you do when you just slice that backhand return. And when you're playing John Isner, you know, that's the gaping hole. That's what he's just going to do. Backhand, 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 serve. Target, target, yeah. target. And, you know, we saw Rayonich do it with such success against Tsitsipas, but we saw Tsitsipas able to block returns against Isner, work his way into points. I agree with you. I think you nailed it. Opelka, Gofen, if Opelka was healthy, I would 1,000% be picking him. I'm probably still going to do it as well because I do think he is okay. But yeah, it's it's a really fun section when you look at it. And again, is Opelka the guy, unseeded player, who could make the round of 16 or further? I think he's the guy, if he beats Gofen, everything opens up for him. And considering Fritz and Shapovalov are the other seeds, those are guys in his age group. Those are his people. Years. He's the unseeded player I see in this section making a deep run. What do you think? 
A hundred percent. I mean, that was my answer, Opelka, because I, I do in my in my bracket, I have him in the round of 16. So um, that's my choice. The only other option here, and I, I hate to harp on this again because we've been talking about these two matches, but let's just say Stevie Johnson does beat mm -hmm. John Isner. I think he has a path there where he could make it into the round of 16. I mean, what, Carreno Busta? I mean, he doesn't scare me that much. I think Steve, you know, with his serve and forehand could take that matchup on a hard court. You know, Barankas, I mean, guys like that. I think if Steve does happen to get past that first round, and I don't think he will, I'm going to take John Isner, but if that were to happen, Steve Johnson could make a run. I, I really think he could, but Opelka for me is the clear choice. Yeah, well, you know my affection for Paulo Carreno Busta. I'm still, by the way, pretty convinced because he had what two set points against Karen Hatchnov in that first set uh, at at Western and Southern, and yeah, he completely tanked that second. But you know, he's <laughs> one of seven guys in the draw to have made a semifinal at the U.S. Open before, and in a time with this much uncertainty, that sort of pedigree at this Slam matters. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, and you know, he's not unseated, but you know, should Steve Johnson work the Upset. I actually kind of like Carreno Busta just because of how rock solid he is because he's going to make, you know, he's going to say, okay, I'm not going to beat myself. You can beat me, Stevie. And yeah, Stevie's capable of doing it if he plays his best tennis, but it's really hard to play that well, you know, how well you're going to have to play against to beat Isner and then to do it again against probably Barankis and to do it again against Carreno Busta. It's just a tough draw. I think just Opelka's got to be the guy because of how easy he can make things for himself. With that serve, you just can't count him out. And Kranovich is, you know, it's, it's not easy. Kranovich, really good. And I think, you know, Shapovalov or Fritz, if one of them gets to the fourth round, that means they put together a really good first week of tennis. And at that point, they're both really dangerous. Uh, but yeah, for me, he's the guy in this section. Now, I think we're both going to end up agreeing that Novak Djokovic is the guy we have emerging. But if it's not Djokovic who comes out of this quarter, Maddie, who do you think it's going to be? I think it could be Denis Shapovalov. Um, ah. I I really do. I've got him in the quarterfinals, so I'm expecting a third round matchup between Shapo and Fritz. I'm I I hope we get that matchup because that will be a ton of fun. Um, but I just I don't know, man. Denis Shapovalov. It's it's this time of year, right? We're August, September. He always plays well around this time of year. I think he really likes the court surface. I like what I've seen out of him. He really looked good against Marin Cilic last week. I know he didn't follow that up um, in his next match, I believe, against Struff. But Shapovalov, man, I, I've got him in the quarters, and I, I think if for some reason something happened to Joker, and obviously I'm not picking against Joker. I made that mistake last week, Gruskin. You'll remember I picked <laughs> Stefano Tsitsipas to win the tournament. I won't be doing that again here. So Joker will emerge out of this quarter, but I think Denis Shapovalov has a good opportunity to do it if something were to happen to Novak. Yeah, look, it's a murderer's row for Djokovic in terms of dangerous players. Both Edmund and Bublik, we agreed dangerous. Jan yep. Leonard Struff round three. We already yes. saw that matchup. Dangerous. Isner potentially round four. Do you ever want to play on a surface this quick against John Isner? No, you right. don't. And then, but, but that being said, that's a murderer's row. And so, yeah, sure. One of them can get over the hump over Novak Djokovic. And I actually probably like that player best to just ride that momentum because I do think Shapovalov, Fritz, uh, just so streaky. The player I would probably go with, and this might be the hottest of hot takes, but he did look oh so good in the Western and Southern Open, 
Just a flyer on Philip Krajinovic as well. I mean, for him, let's say there's that Opelka-Gofen upset, and then Opelka gets to that third round, and that would be really good for Riley Opelka. You know, third round, I think that would be, what, the tied for the best he's ever done at a Grand Slam with last year's Wimbledon. That would be a big breakthrough for him. You know, Krajinovic playing well, picking his targets well, these, the speed of these surface uh, clearly to his benefit. Uh, and then, you know, in the young guys, Fritz Shapovalov, that would be such a, you know, just a heavy matchup should one of them get to the fourth round first time in their career. And now you match up with a Krajinovic. I think, you know, that's certainly a dangerous section. But in the air, I just think it's, you know, you probably want to be in the bottom half, avoid Novak Djokovic as long as possible. That being said, I don't think it really matters who comes out of the bottom half of this quarter. I have Novak Djokovic getting to the semifinals. I am curious, though. Maddie, what are your quarterfinal picks? And then I, I know you said it already, but Djokovic to the semis. Yeah, so I've got I've got Shapovalov and, and Djokovic in that quarterfinal there. I think I think we could get a matchup again. Shapo Fritz in the third round, and then how about Shapo Opelka in the fourth round? I would love that. And look, Krajinovic. I agree with you. He looked really good at the Western and Southern. I just my confidence in him. I I just don't know. Like it's hard for me to pick him you know, into the fourth round, into the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open. I just, for me, I just don't see that happening, and I could stand corrected, but I'm going to go with Djokovic Shapovalov in the quarterfinals with Novak coming out. Yeah, look, the best uh, Kranovich has ever done in his career at a slam was third round. He did it twice in 2019. He's best he's ever done his second round of the U.S. Open. You know, the yeah. win over Dominic team stands out, but the other wins, you know, good win for him over Fucevic. Obviously, he had Rayonich on the brink. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I mean, why should you feel more confident in him than a Fritz, a Shapo, and Opelka? It's right. not like any of them have done that much at the slams. I agree with you. But your pick, Djokovic over Shapovalov. I mean, I agree with you. I think Novak Djokovic is advancing out of this section. I like David Goffin. I really do. But I'm going to just, I feel like if it's either going to be Goffin or it's going to be, I'll ride with you. It's either going to be Gofen or it's going to be Shapovalov, and that's not a hot take. Those are the two highest seeds. But in a time of uncertainty, yeah. I think Shapovalov's the guy who can hit the highest level in that bottom section. I think Gofen's the guy who's the most solid of the group. I mean, I know that's a bit of a cop out. I'll stick with you. I like that pick. I'm going to go Shapovalov, Djokovic. I think it's Shapo's time as well. I've been very impressed with his tennis uh, these past, you know, 24 months. So I'm with you. Team Shapovalov, Djokovic, Djokovic to advance out of that quarter. That's the first section. We're rocking and rolling here in this draw preview. Next, we go to the bottom half of the top, and it's the the top seed in this section, number four, Stefano Tsitsipas, and I know it just feels like four Tsitsipas. It's only, it's been a matter of time since he became a top four seed. He was the year-end finals champion last year. We've seen him make the semifinals at a major before when he did it at the 2019 Australian Open. He, of course, was a next-gen finals champion in 2018. Just, it feels like it's his time. Of course, opposite of him, the guy who has been the heir apparent on the ATP Tour for the past five years, Alex Zverev, the number five seed in this section. Uh, they are also joined by seeds Diego Schwartzman, Christian Guerin, Dusan the Deuce Lajovic, Hubie Hercots, uh, Adrian Manorino, and of course, Borna Choric. Maddie, your favorite first round matches in this section? Yeah, so this is a really interesting section. Um, really, really interesting I'm going to go all the way to the bottom. 
So the three matches, we've got Jack Sock against Pablo Cuevas, Brandon Nakashima against Paulo Lorenzi. And look, I've got to just tip my hat to Paulo Lorenzi. The fact that he's even still in these draws competing, you know, at this level is tremendous <laughs> for a guy like him. Yeah. And that matchup against, you know, young Brandon Nakashima is super interesting. But then, of course, come on. How about Kevin Anderson and Sasha Zverev round one? I mean, that obviously popped out immediately. So I think this is a wide open section of the draw, Gruskin. I really do. I mean, I think Stefano Tsitsipas is going to absolutely love, love his draw. I look at Jack Sock and say, okay, man, what can you do? Pablo Cuevas, obviously a veteran player, you know, savvy, more of a clay court guy. So I think Sock will like the fact that this is, you know, at the U.S. Open. But then Anderson's Zverev, man, talk about upset alert. I've got that on major, major upset alert. So those are some of the ones that popped out to me in this section. Good take, bad take, hot take. If Tsitsipas and Zverev play in the quarterfinals, there's a 10% chance that you and I never speak to each other again, depending on the outcome. Uh, that is a terrible take. We are absolutely <laughs> going to be speaking to each other regardless of the outcome of that match. So that is one of the worst takes that you've ever had. <laughs> the only thing is, okay, what that is to convey, if Pass gave him a beatdown, like 2-1-2, two, and two, I probably yeah. couldn't face you for like a day. I'd be like, I can't. I just feel like I don't have the yeah, strength. For a day. You're right, for a day. <laughs> but then the next day, <laughs> we'd be fine. <laughs> of course, you're right. That was a terrible take. Terrible take. But no, I mean, you nailed it. The, one of the players to watch in this section, and you know, we talk about uh, seeds on upset alert, probably has to be number 32 seed Adrian Manorino because, of course, Jack Sock's level in singles over these past three years has not been what we expected it to be after he won the Paris Masters title. But if you watched World Team Tennis, and of course, we're taking it with a grain of salt, but undeniably, he looked more physically fit than he had in probably 24 months on the tennis court. I have talked, you know, we had Luke Jensen, his coach for World Team Tennis, on the podcast uh, yesterday, and he talked at length about how fit Jack is, how much more serious he seems to be taking his training right now than ever before in his career. And he was really successful throughout that World Team Tennis season. Now, of course, a lot of that success came on the doubles court, but just for him to be confident, his serve, his forehand clicking, that sometimes is enough. And so, yeah, absolutely agree with you there. I think if you're a tennis nerd like you and I both are, Maddie, you know, I don't even need to make the case for Nakashima Lorenzi. And yeah, I agree with you. Anderson Zverev was a middle finger from the draw gods to me. I don't know what I did. Like, I, I literally, Maddie, I wear my mask everywhere. Like, even in the house, I'm just, it's a fashion statement at this point. And just apparently that's not enough because they're going to curse me with that Anderson Zverev first round, of course. In that one, worth noting Alex Zverev 5-0 against Kevin Anderson and I do happen to think it's actually a pretty good matchup for Zverev the grinders are the one that gives him trouble because then he gets in his own head the guys who hit big force him to be decisive he gets to show off his athleticism and just make choices like he's forced into these choices I think it's a good matchup for him but yeah absolutely upset alert the only other matches I would add in this section and you know again we're both nerds but 
Christian Guerin versus Ulysses Blanche. We're all wondering what does Christian Guerin look like not on a clay court. I told you this take earlier in the year. I think Ulysses Blanche has top 50 upside. That's how hard he hits the ball. That's how beautiful his serve, his forehand combo can be when he's clicking. Uh, But overall, you know, Nori Schwartzman, sure, we'll be watching, of course, but it's a fun section. The real fun, though, will start once we start to get, in my opinion, into the later rounds. And so as we look towards the future, Maddie. Who are the seeds you have on upset alert? Well, obviously Zverev. I mean, that, that for me, and, and I'm actually, uh, believe it or not, I'm, I'm picking the upset here. Um, uh, I'm going to take Kevin Anderson over Zverev in the first round. I just And I hate to do that. I really do. I, I wish I could be confident and just say, you know what? Zverev's going to step up and just win this thing. But I, I can't. I cannot say that right now. Kevin Anderson's had a lot of success at the U.S. Open, Gruskin. Remember, he made the final not too long ago. What was that, two years ago, two, three years ago? Yeah. Um, he made the final. So I just think I just think that's a match that could be very tight. And close matches like that, Zverev can, can break down mentally. I mean, we've seen the serve, the double faults, all of that. I don't want to get into all of that again. Let's just watch the match and see what happens. But for me, that's big-time upset alert. You mentioned Manorino. Definitely one to watch there with Jack Sock. I don't know if it'll happen, but it's definitely upset alert. Um, but really, other than that, I, I none of these other seeds... I mean, I guess maybe Nori Schwartzman. I mean, they're similar styles there. Nori is a tricky opponent, but I, I've got Diego coming through in that match. But maybe a, a possible upset alert there. But in terms of Sitsipas, no. Borna Chorich, no. Dusan, no. I don't think so. Hubi, no. I think Hubi has a great draw, in my opinion. So Love Hubi's draw. Love, love, love Hubi's draw. I've got him going on a run. We'll get to that in a second. But yeah. um, for me... I'd say Manorino and Zverev are the two to keep on upset alert in this section. This is the problem nowadays. We, we, I just agree with you. Back in the day, we used to spar. We used to argue. But now we like the same players. And I, I <laughs> agree with you. I think if Hercots upset Schwartzman, and that would be an upset, right? Because it's a top 10 seed going down. Um, yeah. I don't think that should shock anyone. I loved right. Hubi Hercots' section of the draw. I will say, again, much like that Edmund Bublik thing, uh, just a flyer, just a flyer on Blanche over Garen in that first round. That's a hard-hitting match on these surfaces. The ball's going to fly. Christian Garen did not look great in his loss at the Western and Southern Open to Bedene. He just didn't look like he was yeah. comfortable either physically or mentally on the court. I'm not saying Blanche is going to get over the hump. I'm just saying right. that's a match on upset alert. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree. I mean, I, I think that's a fair statement. I, I really do. I've got Garen advancing. I just I think yeah. he'll get through it, but but it's one to watch out for. You're absolutely and then, right. And then Thompson over the deuce round two. I could see it. I could see it. Just oh again. oh for sure. Yeah, yeah. No. In terms of second round matchups, I actually have that. That that's <laughs> I'm looking at my draw right now. I've got Thompson over deuce. All right. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, then if those are the seeds on upset alert, Maddie, is there an unseated player you could see in this section make the round of sixteen or further? Yes, there's a couple. So we just talked about Jordan Thompson. I have Jordan Thompson, and this is kind of funny. But again, this section is so wide open. I've got Jordan Thompson in the round of 16. I think he's going to win his first round. I think he can beat the deuce in the second round. And then 
his seed there is Christian Guerin, who I really don't have confidence in. So I think Jordan Thompson has a great opportunity here to win three matches and get into the fourth round. And then also Kevin Anderson. Look, if Kevin Anderson beats Zverev, which I have him doing, I think he can go on a bit of a run. Again, serve. He can take the racket out of some of these guys' hands. I've got Anderson and Jordan Thompson in the fourth round of my draw here. Two unseeded guys. I think this section, more than any, is a little bit more wide open. We could see some some upsets or unseeded guys make runs in this portion of the draw. Yeah, look, uh, I mean, when you have two young guys who are your top seeds, it's always going to feel a little bit more open because you want to see these young guys prove it. And I think Zverev, you know, again, has started to prove it at the major semifinals this year in Australia. Let's not forget that. He did look good in his run in Australia. Knocked off Rublev, looked good doing it, I believe. Oh, for Number- sure. Yeah, but so, you know, uh, he's a guy we believe. But, all right, I'm going to ask you for, again, a little bit of trivia here in this section because people keep hearing us, uh, you know, uh, say we want to see Christian Guerin prove it. What do you think, Maddie? his win percentage is on, in ATP 250 or higher level matches on hard courts right now? Just Ooh. give me a percentage. 39%. That was a really good guess. 36%. He's 13 and 23 in ATP level matches. You extend that out to the futures and challenger level. He's 45 and 47 in his career on hardcore. Yeah. So, yeah, we apologize, but we want to see him prove it. And we both think he's capable of it, if you don't mind me speaking for you. Uh, but that is why we have him on upset alert. Now, in terms of an unseated player, I think you kind of nailed it. Anderson's the guy, right? He beats Zverev. Everything sort of opens up for him. I think. On the top half, it's tricky because Tsitsipas is playing really, really well. And, you know, is there a world? Is there a world? I'm just going to throw this out there where Max Cressy doesn't miss a first serve for two weeks and somehow finds himself. No, that Stop world doesn't it. exist. Yeah, no, that world doesn't exist. I that was world just does not exist. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I think Anderson's the only unseated guy I see in this section. I don't, I'm not ready to see that from Jack Sock. I guess, sure, he beats Manorino. Zverev loses early. Could anything happen? I'm I, Fine. It's 2020. You can't write out any scenario at this point. But I think Anderson's really the only guy with a realistic shot as an unseated player of making the round of 16 or further. But I do think there are a lot of guys not named Stefano Tsitsipas who you could see make the quarterfinals semi finals of this section so if it's not Tsitsipas advancing to the semifinals Maddie who's it going to be yeah that that's tough and I think it would be somebody that's coming from the bottom portion of this this section like Kevin Anderson or Hubi Hercotch and so I've actually got and this is my dream scenario for a quarterfinal <laughs> matchup Tsitsipas versus Hubie in the quarters of the U.S. Open. And that's what I've got. I think Hubie's going to get there. We talked about us loving his draw. I I think it's perfect. I think this is a great opportunity for Hubie to make a run, get into the fourth round, and I have him matching up with Kevin Anderson. I think that's tricky. I mean, two big guys. Obviously, Anderson has more experience. So he would be a guy that really, I mean, could get through here into the quarters, into the semis. And, you know, fans around the world would say, okay, we've seen Kevin Anderson before. This isn't his first rodeo in a Grand Slam going very deep semis, finals. But I've got Sitsipas and Hubie in my quarterfinal, and that is what I really want to see. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be an oh. awesome quarterfinal matchup? I know you would love that. 
I, the only thing I would love more than that is the quarterfinal I have, which I didn't even look at the names. I saw the two seeds in the section, and I said, I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm picking Tsitsipas versus Zverev. It's the match I want, and sometimes you just got to go with what you want. Sometimes you have to be decisive, and so, no, but I, I really very much understand the thinking behind that pick, and yeah, I mean, we don't need to do another Hubie Love Fest because we've done it before, but I will just say with some perspective, if I would have told you five years ago that, you know, both Tsitsipas and Chorich would be seated in the same section of the U.S. Open, you would have believed me. You would have been like, oh yeah, Tsitsipas, one of the top juniors in the world. Chorich, obviously at that point, born a freaking Chorich. So you'd be like, oh yeah, but Chorich is probably the guy who's the number four seed. Tsitsipas is probably the guy who ends up as the number 27 seed at that point in their career. And yet, you know, now it's like we didn't even give it a thought. We didn't say, oh yeah, Chorich could potentially knock off Tsitsipas. And by the way, I don't think it's going to happen. But just interesting where we are five years later with some of these young guys. Yeah, you look at this section, it's really, really fun, especially because there are a lot of young guys who it feels like could make a push here to really make a run uh, in this U.S. Open. I mean, look, are we selling Diego Schwartzman a little bit short? Probably, but on courts this quick, Hubie Hercott's physically just the definition of the modern player. He's got the big serve. He's got range yeah. uh, you know, from the baseline. He can move forward. He's just the sort of player that Diego Schwartzman has trouble with because he's just got a weapon that can hurt Diego, and Diego's not really going to be able to hurt him. You know, He'll be relentless, but he's not going to be able to hit him off the court. I'm going to stick with Zverev, though. I'm fine being burned with him again. I will say I said it, this year doesn't count anymore. It, not that it doesn't count, but I will give him one more full, uninterrupted season of my unequivocal affection. And then if he doesn't give me something to stick with, I'm going to reevaluate after 2021. But for now, he still has it. I mean, watch him play tennis. There's going to be a 10-minute stretch where you say to yourself, how is this guy not the best player in the world already? And anyone who can do that, three out of five sets I think he continues to look more and more physically fit which again is a positive now of course the serve the forehand spring sometimes that's obviously a negative the fact that he gets up at the net and that he feels like he's like well I won this point because I got to the net right and that's what I'm supposed to be working on but then he's like oh wait I have to hit a volley what uh that's obviously an issue but the upside's too high and I just I'm desperate for Tsitsipas Zverev (sighs) At that point, don't I just pick Alex Virov to emerge? But anytime I pick Alex, I mean, I keep doing this. You're going to be so disappointed, man. I I mean, I I wouldn't do that if I were you. But, I mean, they're your picks. You can make that call (laughs) for me. My confidence just isn't there. Like I said before, I wish I could pick Zverev and feel good about it. I'm sorry. I I can't. I have him losing round one. Does he still have that effect on you, though? And we do this. I know we do this every podcast. I apologize. But where you watch him, and is there five-minute stretches yes. in every match? Yes. It still happens? Of course it still happens. It happens every time, but then he disappoints. And I'm like, yeah. damn it, man. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, that. that's what's frustrating is because, yes, those stretches are still there every time. I know it. But in, but until I see something a little bit different, I just I can't pick him right now. And I think the draw gods, like you mentioned, I mean – to have to match him up with a guy like Kevin Anderson in the first round, something, I mean, that's just rough, man. That yeah. is just, that's no, rough. That, what that is, I realized I was so self-centered of me to say that was a middle finger to me. I mean, of course, it's self-centered. That's not a revelation. Uh, but uh, I realized it was a middle finger to him. And it was like, we saw those photos right. on Instagram, dude. Like, come on, wear a mask. Um, so, yeah, actually, yeah. it's true, but... I, 
The thing is, if Zverev beats Pass and I didn't pick it, I will be so mad with myself. Like, I will just be <laughs> furious. Like, I, it's just unforgivable, right? And it was funny because, and there was just, and I promise we're, we're going to move on to the next quarter after this, but there was a moment in the Zverev-Murray match where Murray, and I, I think it was like midway through the first set, where Murray challenged the Zverev backhand. And Zverev hits this cross-court backhand winner. And Andy Murray, you just see his face process and go, okay, I can't do that again. Like, okay, nothing's going to that backhand side. Where I just can't. Like, this guy, I, what the hell? Um, and I just, I like, I've seen that face on Andy Murray's, t- like, I've seen him make that face maybe three times in his career, four times, and it's when he's playing Nadal, Federer, Djokovic, or now Alex Zverev, or maybe a clicking Del Potra, where it's just like, okay, I can't hit to that four, or like, you know, I have to target a specific side. And he's just special. I do it every time. All right, uh, make your pick. All right, f*** it. I, I would just, I would regret it so much if I didn't pick him. So I think it's going to be Tsitsipas versus Zverev. Now, it doesn't matter because ultimately I think Novak's going to advance out of the top half. But I'll take Zverev to get to the semifinals. Burn me again, Alex. I deserve Woo! it at this point. Yeah, there's a hot take for you all. All right, let's move on to the bottom half of the draw. And again, if you were looking for the abridged version, hopefully you watched the video because this we go in depth. It's our draw breakdown, folks. We're rocking and rolling into the bottom half of the draw where we have last year's U.S. Open finalist and number three seeded Daniil Medvedev. Uh, It's sitting at the bottom portion of this draw. Now the fellow seeds he has in this section, number six seed semifinalist last year, Matteo Berrettini, number 10 seed, dangerous young Russian, objectively one of the 10 best players through the first two months of the season in Andre Rublev. You've also got another semifinalist from last year in Grigor Dimitrov. You've got Nikolas Basilashvili, Guido Pei, in this section, Casper Rude as well. I will say, as of us recording this, we learned this morning uh, that Benoit Pair tested positive for COVID-19, so he will not be playing in this year's U.S. Open. Obviously, now, there were also a couple of other French players in his immediate vicinity. They've been quarantined as well, and we're still trying to learn the effects of that decision. But for the sakes of this draw preview, Maddie, we are just going to assume that Benoit Pair is the only person who needs to be replaced in this section. I don't think either of us thought he was going to be much in the equation as well. So, with that little preface, in mind. You look at this section, Maddie. What are the first round matches that stand out to you? Yeah, there's a few of them. So how about Mackenzie McDonald, Casper Rude? That's all that's a it. fun one. I mean, give me all I think, of it. Yes. And and if you're if you're McDonald and you have to draw a seed in the first round of the US Open, Casper Rude is one of the guys that you would be happy with, you know, drawing. So I think that's a good matchup for Mackey if, if he's healthy. And again, the last time we saw him last week, he didn't look so good. Um, I, I think he has a, his hip issue. It, it looked not so good. So I'm hoping that he can recover from that because if if he's healthy, I like him over Casper Rude at the U.S. Open. That one popped out to me. How about your guy, Jeremy Shardy and Andre Rublev in the first round? That's kind of interesting, right? I mean, Rublev, I I have all the confidence that he'll get through that match. But Shardy, I mean, an experienced guy that's a little tricky. I don't know if you're the number 10 seed at the U.S. Open. 
if Shardy's the guy that you want to play in the first round. And then finally, and this is the biggest one, we have to look at Tommy Paul and Grigor Dimitrov. That one popped out right away. Super interesting. I mean, I think that is an opportunity for Tommy to make some noise and possibly go on a run here. Grigor's vulnerable. We know it. Mentally, he can go off a little bit like Zverev in that sense. Obviously, super talented. He can hit all the shots. But I didn't love what I saw out of Grigor last week at the Western and Southern either. I think if Tommy can stay focused, and again, it's three out of five, so this is, it's going to be tough. But that's a match that I have to watch in the first round. I mean, out of all of these, if I had to pick one, I'm watching Tommy and Grigor. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it was a lifetime ago, but during the 2020 season, there were 16 events before play stopped, 12 different title winners. A couple of those guys are in this section, in Ugo Umber at the top. Obviously, Kasper Ruud won an event on the clay, uh, and then Andre Rublev, two titles on hard courts earlier this year. So yeah, you see a, a bunch of young guys who had success early in the year, and by the way, you look at it, of those 16 tournaments, nine of them were won by next-gen players, you know, Edmund Vesley, a little bit older than the next-gen, but they were two of the other guys who won titles. The other were, you know, the other non-next-geners were Nadal, Djokovic, and Monfils. So we have a next-gen trend clearly emerging, and we've talked about these rankings numbers before, but the numbers get better and better. There were six next-gen guys in the top 50 in 2016, nine in 2017, 11 in 2018 and 19, and now there are 18 next-gen guys in the top 50 in 2020. You know, in the top 30, that number was five in 2016. It's 12 now in 2020. That number in the top 10 was zero in 2016. There are now four next-gen guys in the top 10. So generational shift is certainly on our mind when you look at this U.S. Open, and I think this draw is the epitome of that. These past two draws, really, you look at the top four seeds, Zirev, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, Berrettini here. Those are all things worth noting. And so, yeah, when you look at some of the first-round matches, it's all always going to be fascinating to see how those next-gen guys hold up. We talk about Casper Ruud here, the number 30 seed, much like Christian Guerin. You look for Casper Ruud thus far in his career in terms of, you know, the win losses he's had on hard courts. You know, it, it's still a lot to prove as well. He's 14 and 23, a 38% win percentage in ATP 250 level or higher on hard court. Now you look for him in his career extended out the ITF and challenger level. He's 69 and 54. So a little bit more proven than Christian Guerin. But to your point, a healthy Mackie McDonald's made the fourth round of a major before. A healthy Mackie McDonald is going to love how much spin Casper Ruud plays with. He's going to take that ball early, bunt down on it. Absolutely upset alert for Casper Ruud. You look for, you know, J.J. Wolf, Guido Pea. I Duh, we're in on that. We'll be watching each and every second. Tiafo Seppi. I think Seppi's reached like the, or currently in streaks is the fourth most active consecutive Grand Slams. I think he's a little bit behind, what is it, uh, Feliciano Lopez. And so he, uh, you know, that's always a fun one as well. But then, you know, just the one I want to throw a flyer on for the nerds, Emil Rusevori versus Alias Bedene. Rusevori, a dangerous young player, Bedene. Obviously looked really good last week with wins over Fritz and Guerin. It's a really fun section, Maddie. And so you sort of referred to Mackie and Tommy Paul there as two guys who have seeds on upset alert. Any other seeds you're looking uh, dangerous for? Oh, yeah. The other one that that I've got um, going down in the first round is uh, Basilashvili. 
I think that's big time upset alert with John oh. Millman. Um, mm -hmm. So that for me, Rude definitely over Mackie. And if Mackie's healthy, see, we don't really know. I mean, again, I don't have any information on this. I don't know how Mackie's feeling. I would hope that he's healthy, but he, he may not be. So, I mean, that may not be a no-go um, in terms of an upset there. I don't have Berrettini on upset alert. I don't have Rublev. Grigor Dimitrov is definitely on upset alert for me. Medvedev is not. But uh, Basilashvili. I think that's a guy, you know, seated number 22. I have him going down in the first round. Tough matchup with John Millman. John Millman likes the U.S. Open, remember. I mean, he's played well here historically, so that's an unseated guy that I, I think can make a run, especially with that little section of the draw. No, I I think 60% or percent of draws or higher will have John Millman advancing over Basilashvili. He lost 7-6 yeah. in the third to Isner at the Western Southern. It was a really good performance for him. The only other name I would throw on that list as a flyer would be Matteo Berrettini, and it's just that second-round match with Ugo Umbert. The lefty Umbert going to hit big to that Berrettini slice backhand with the serve, going to try and set up first forehands for himself. I still think Berrettini's just a better version of Umbert, also a righty version, but uh, I, that's a dangerous match for Matteo Berrettini. He's got to be locked in. I knew in you because, were going to say that. Well, he could get served off the court. He just could. <sighs> I... I don't think so. No, I really I, don't. And I'm like, not picking I, it. Either. I knew you were going to say that. No, I know you're not picking it. It, it is one to watch because it's interesting. Berrettini on Bear. I mean, that is that is a fun match. I just, I don't know. For me, I don't really have that on on big time upset alert. Maybe just very very slight upset alert. Okay. What about JJ versus Guido Pea? Yeah, I Guido, I, I who didn't get to, to play the Western and Southern after the false positive, or whether it was a false positive or not, unclear. But after the you know the testing fiasco, we'll call it, uh, didn't play Western Southern. So this is his first match in quite a bit of time. Yeah, I know. But again, three out of five. Yeah. He's been around. He's played in a lot of majors. I think if it was two out of three sets that JJ would have a better chance. Three out of five is going to be tough because JJ is just not going to be able to make errors. Pella, we know. I mean, he's a, he's a consistent player. JJ would have to be just on. I mean, absolutely on. And if that's the case, he could win that match. I'm going to lean the other way. I think JJ will end up making a few too many errors. I watched his match against Gasquet last week. And I just, I didn't love it. Obviously, we know the tools are there. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the tools are all there. But um, at this time, I'm I'm going to take Pella. I, I don't really have that on a on a big upset alert for me. Fun. I wish I did, but not yet. Guido Pea, 42 and 58 in ATP level matches on hard court. I'm going to pick the upset there because I just wow. always ride with J.J. Wolf. I'm fine being burned by that one. I also think the winner of that match, uh, Feliciano Lopez, Carbea, Spania. It's interesting. You could find yourself sneakily into the third round. Isn't that what tennis Twitter needs? J.J. Wolf making a third round? Just set it off. That would be absolutely oh, delightful. And, you know, I still, you know, in that section, I agree. They'd come up against the brick wall of Medvedev. He's getting to the court finals semifinals in my opinion at the very least but is there yeah. an unseated player in this section you could see making round of 16 maybe further yeah round of six so i have john millman i, I really okay. do i have millman i think he's going to beat basilashvili in that first round then he would match up with either seppi or tiafo obviously with francis i haven't loved what i've seen out of francis recently seppi 
I mean, that talk about a grind. Seppi versus yeah. Millman. I just think Millman is a confident player. I like his game. We know he's going to battle. Three out of five sets favors him, too, because his conditioning is outstanding. I think in that section with Grigor and Fuksovic and guys like that, John Millman, to me, is a guy that it just wouldn't shock me to see him in the fourth round. We've seen it before. Um, so I've got Millman out of really any of these unseated guys, you know, that could get to the fourth round. I don't think he'll go any further than that. And he may not even make that fourth round, but I've got it in my draw. Yeah, no, I mean, look, in a time of uncertainty, you want to go with the things you've seen before. And what's so interesting in this section, again, Berrettini, semifinalist last year, Dimitrov, semifinalist last year, Medvedev, finalist last year. How much does that institutional knowledge yeah. make a difference? Uh, that's Rublev's something... made the quarters of the U.S. Open in exactly. the past. That's another one as well. And so you favor that. Now, I will say, if someone's going to make a round of 16, I do think it comes out of that top section. I think it's either Badene or uh, Ugo Umbert. I think if, you you know, Badene can get through Rusevori, can get through that McDonald, McDonald Rude winner, and he absolutely can. You know, then a matchup with either Berrettini or an Ugo Umbert, that's dangerous. If Umbert can get through Berrettini, same deal. And we've seen Umbert make a fourth round of a major in his career before as well. So at least we've seen that from him. I think from the bottom half of the draw, yeah, you nailed the pick. I think, uh, yeah, uh, it's probably got to be John Millman. Maybe Tiafo could do it as well. Maybe Fucevic could do it as well but it's a dangerous section and so you start to look at it quarterfinals semifinals who you picking maddie yeah so i it i've got berrettini and medvedev and medvedev was easy that wasn't even a thought i I, that was two seconds for me but the berrettini rublev fourth round matchup i was going back and forth back and forth it's a rematch from last year right it is it is and i was thinking you know berrettini won it last year obviously and i was thinking you know what I might go Rublev this year, and I'm I'm going to switch it up. And then I'm like, you know what? My boy Berrettini, I can't go back on him. You know, I, and so here's what it comes down to for me. I think it's going to be a tremendous match. Berrettini's use of the slice can cause Rublev some problems. We saw that last week with a guy like Dan Evans. I, I just think, and I'm just such a big Berrettini guy, I, I've— I'm going to go with Matteo Berrettini over Rublev to get to the quarterfinals, but that's where it stops. Daniil Medvedev, for me, I think he's going to absolutely love his draw here. I've got Medvedev into the semifinals, and, and I mean, he might do it in a, in a cruising fashion. I think he could. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I just— I. I... I think you're foolish if you pick against Daniil Medvedev. He was Luke Jensen's pick to right. win this U.S. Open, and we'll get to our picks to win this U.S. Open. But three out of five sets, I know he lost that match against Bautista Agut, but he was up 4-3, a break of serve in that second set after winning the first 6-1. He was, you know, I think he had, what, he was down 40-15 in that final service game. He worked his way back, earned two break points, really could have, you know, made that third set, uh, you know, extended it even further. You think in three three out of five, he comes out swinging as we've seen him do before. I just think the format, you know, favors him so much. He's so long and, you know, he moves so well. He's also got the first serve as a weapon. I think he has to be the pick to, at the very least, make the quarterfinals. You just look at all the other names and with all due respect to a Grigor Dimitrov or, you know, a John Millman or any of these guys who are dangerous, I just don't see them having enough to get over, you know, to hurt Daniil Medvedev, to get over that hump 
Right. In terms of the top half, I think you know my affection for Andre Rublev. He was playing so well early in the year. I feel like Dan Evans is just a horrible matchup for him. I do think if it's Berrettini, the Berrettini slice, yeah, that can get Rublev uh, in trouble. That can get him uncomfortable, and Berrettini's has an explosive enough game to certainly hurt him. But Berrettini's got a lot of work to do just to get to the fourth round. I think Rublev's section is probably the easiest of any of these seeds, you know, of any of these top seeds in this quarter. So I'm going to go Medvedev-Rublev in all-Russian quarterfinal, and then I'm going to take Daniil Medvedev to advance to the semifinals. I just think the guy has too high a floor as a player. Three out of five sets. You never question his fitness. I think that's the pick. Yeah, no, I I like that. That's fair. And I was almost right there with you with Rublev, man. I, I love Rublev as well. I just, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to pick against my guy Berrettini. And I, I just hope that's an awesome match, uh, Berrettini-Rublev in the fourth round. That'll be, that'll be a lot of fun to watch. But yeah, Medvedev, I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, then, with that in mind, then, let's get to our final quarter. And if if the Zverev Tsitsipas quarter is the most fascinating, this one's the most loaded. Number two seed Dominic Team, obviously a first-round exit for him at the Western Southern, where he looked anything but like a two seed. Uh, he has a really really talented uh, portion of this draw to come up against. He has semifinalist Roberto Bautista Agut, the number eight seed. He has Western and Southern finalist Milos Raonic, the number 25 seed. He's also joined by uh, Alex Diemenauer, Karen Hatchnov, FAA, Dan Evans, and Marin Cilic as seeds. Worth noting that other players, Andy Murray floating in this section, Tennis Sandgren floating in this section. It is a really, really fun portion of the draw. Draw, Maddie. What are the first round matches you'll be watching most closely? Well, obviously, how about RBA and Tennis Sandgren? I, I was, when I saw the draw, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, man. A you... guy like Tennis Sandgren, who's been playing so well, has to draw RBA in the first round. Like, of all people, come on, man. Like, it's a joke. Because it's a joke. And Tennis Sandgren has the capability to make a serious run. But when you draw a guy like RBA, it's like, well, you're kidding me. I mean, that just, again, you talk about the draw gods for Zverev, you know, matching up with Anderson. I thought the same thing with, with yeah. this matchup. So, obviously, um, they're going to go to battle. I mean, RBA, Tennis, Sandgren, that's going to be, I mean, five set are written all over it there, let's, most likely. Let's start there. Over, under, four and a half hour match. Four and a half, ooh, four and a half hours. I don't know if I can take the over on that. I mean, just yeah. because, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably have to take the under on that, but still, I think it could be five sets. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be a, a tremendous match first round. It's really, that is a matchup worthy of more like a third or fourth round type match rather than a first round Um you know, so no. it's unfortunate for tennis that, that that's the draw. But, you know, it is what it is. I'll be looking forward to it either way. We'll see what he can do. But RBA, man, I mean, that talk about a tough out out of anybody in this draw, you know, besides Novak, obviously, or Medvedev, people like that. RBA is like the last guy that you want to get. So tennis, mm-hmm. I'm sure he was not too happy about that. No, if t- two guys, Tennis Sandgren and Riley Opelka, if they were in any other part of the draw, just any other part, they would be the unseated guys we talk about making the fourth round, and we probably would have spent five minutes on each guy. It's just they both drew top eight seeds. Like, are you right. kidding me? And so, yeah, for Tennis Sandgren, I mean, first of all, I think he can absolutely win this match. Roberto Bautista Gut is 
physically going to lock in. He's going to move you around the court. He's going to do a lot of different things, but so is Tennis Sandgren, and he hits a sneaky heavy ball. It's also worth mentioning, Tennis Sandgren, two-time major quarterfinalist at the Australian Open on hard courts. The three out of five set format just accentuates his physicality so well. I mean, that's the match you circle, you highlight, you call your parents in advance, and you say, sorry, if you bother me during this call, I am not, or during this match, I am not (laughs) going to be picking up. You text your friends as well. This is the match of the first round. I agree with you unequivocally. There are obviously also some other first round fun ones. I know, you know, in that same regard, we hold Sandgren Bautista Goot, Sinner Hatchinov. Like, are you, oh, ki- yeah. are, are you kidding me? Like, sign me up, inject that in my veins. I mean, obviously, Dan Evans versus Thiago Sabeth Vild, that's a really fun one as well. Even Team Munar feels pretty fun. Um, you know, Murray Nishioka, that's a crack racket special. There are a lot of good yep. first, first round matches in this section, uh, Maddie. Who are the seeds you could see potentially on upset alert in the first few rounds? Well, yeah, there, there's a few of them here. I mean, obviously, RBA is on upset alert with Tennis Sandgren. I, I think that goes without saying. I've got Karen Hatchinoff on upset alert with Yannick Sinner. I just do. I, I just mm-hmm. think Sinner is a guy that nobody is going to really want to play. Um, and, and I just I expect that to be a very good match. I would not be shocked if Sinner wins that. I really would not. I think Hatchinoff has to be on upset alert there. Um, you know, other than that, I mean— I don't know if there's too many other ones that I would say. I think Milos is going to be pretty safe. Uh, I think Dan Evans is going to be safe. Marin Cilic, it's tough because he's obviously won this tournament in the past. Um, and he matches up with Dennis Kudla, who I don't really know where Kudla is right now. I haven't seen him in a while in terms of his game. I would like to call upset alert there because what I've seen from Cilic hasn't been great. I mean, this isn't the same Marin Cilic that we used to know. It's just not. So that one could be upset alert. I mean, Kudla, again, it's in New York, in the U.S. He's an American. He's not going to have the crowd there, which is unfortunate. Um, but that could be one to keep an eye on. And I, I mean, I, I would love to see Kudla come through there. So for me, RBA is on upset alert. Hatchinov is on upset alert and possibly Marin Cilic. But I think Dominic Team will be safe at least through the first couple of rounds. I know he looked awful last week, um, but this is three out of five. Dominic Team, you know, is obviously favored in that format. Again, with his physicality, three out of five sets benefits him tremendously. I think he'll get through the first couple of rounds. So, you know, those would be my seeds on upset alert here. Can I throw two more at you? Obviously, there are only, what, eight in this section, but... FAA Murray potentially round two. Is that an upset alert for you or no? Because certainly people are thinking about it. You know, they see that name, Andy Murray, and it'd be very easy to be like, oh, yeah, Andy Murray, unproven youngster, give me Murray. Yeah. I mean, I've got FAA. Here's the thing with Murray. Does Murray even get past Nishioka? I know how much you like Nishioka, Gruskin. I mean, that's a tough first-round matchup for Andy Murray. I'm not completely convinced that Andy Murray gets past the first round. I think he can do it, but Nishioka is going to be tough, man. I don't know. No, I've so, got FAA in that little section for me. 
So what I learned about Andy Murray from Western Southern is that if you're a grinder, if you're someone who can't hurt him with a big weapon right now, it's Christmas, you know, Christmas morning for him because he's like, oh, you can't expose the fact that my hips are not as great as it once was. You can't get me stretched to the outer third in a way that really makes me uncomfortable. I can dictate a little bit. Oh, I'm in this match. And I think Nishioka, a lefty's always been a good matchup for Murray. I think his he does slice the backhand more now than he ever did, but I like him in that match. Matchup. The difference is, and you know, will mentally, yeah, it's a hurdle for FAA, no doubt about that. But he just has weapons, man. Like he is going to take it to Andy Murray, put him on his right. back foot. And what I learned in that Rayonich match, and justifiably so, Andy Murray really hasn't played any competitive tennis the past what three years. If you have a weapon, he's just not at that speed yet. And maybe he will get back to that speed. You know, not 2016 Andy Murray speed, but maybe even a notch above where we, he is right now as he gets more and more match tough. But I just think the matchup specifics, FAA with the serve and the forehand is going to be able to hurt Andy and if you can do that to him right now that's an issue yeah no I I completely agree and that's that's the matchup that I've got in my draw I've got FAA against Murray in the second round and I I picked FAA I just and again because I didn't know if Murray really is even going to get past Nishioka I mean I think he can I just think that's a super tough matchup for me FAA just possesses some of those weapons like you talked about, and and it's going to be tough for Andy Murray. Fun matchup. I'm going to be tuned into that. If, if we get that second-round matchup, I'll be glued to it, um, but I'll go with FAA. I definitely want Murray to play Dan Evans because sneaky amount of British tennis politics in that matchup. Sneaky amount of, well, you guys have always been Team Murray. Why didn't Dan Evans get more resources made available to him? We all now clearly see his talent, and, you know, we don't have to go over Dan Evans' past, but, you know, there's always a little bit of rivalry, a little bit of friction when Evans and Murray hit the court, and so I'm all about friction. I also agree with you that FA Murray round two is going to be really fun. You know, you mentioned Hatchinoff Sinner. Even if it's not Sinner, query round two with that serve, obviously nothing easy and so with that in mind if there's an unseated player Maddie you could see making the round of 16 or further who would it be yeah no and, and you just hit on it Gruskin that little section of the draw there between Demon and Hatchinoff those unseated players a guy like Dr. Evo Karlovich Richard Gasquet Sam Query Yannick Sinner whoever comes out of that little section and personally I've actually got Sam Query and I didn't feel good about this because I'm picking Sinner over Hatchinov in the first round. I don't know why. I, it's upset alert for me. I love the Sin man. I, <laughs> I want to see that happen. It may not happen, but I would then have a Query Sinner second round matchup. And at that point, I think Sinner, after beating a guy like Hatchinov in the first round, such a big seed, not as much Grand Slam experience. I, I don't know if he'd be able to follow that up with a win over Karen and then Sam two rounds back to back. So. I think Sam Query is a guy that could potentially make the fourth round. I don't think he will go any further than that. Um, but really, what if Dr. Evo is just serving out of his mind, right? And he yeah. wins tiebreakers against Gasquet and then Demon and, and he gets through. I could see really any of those guys getting through that section into the fourth round Tennis Sandgren is an unseated guy that I would love to say would make it to the fourth round. But even if he gets past RBA, they're going to knock each other out. 
I think it's going to be tough. He may have a second-round match with Kecmanovic, which would also be very difficult, and then possibly Milos Reynic after that. I just don't think tennis... I just think he got screwed, honestly, by, by the draw. I would love to say so, but I don't think it's going to happen. For me, the unseeded player will come from that little section between Demonor and Hatchinoff in that little little area there. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good pick. Again, if Sandgren, well, even if Sandgren gets through RBA, yeah, another physical battle potentially with Kesmanovic and then Rayonic. Yeah, that's tough, man. Yeah, that's a murderer's row. That's a gauntlet. And so, yeah, fine. You want to throw Murray in there? Could he do it? Sure. I do think there's just the seeds in this section of the draw are so talented. And so, you know, it's interesting because we we talk about if it's not the top seed, who will it be? And I think we've talked a lot about it will either be Rayonic, it might be RBA. But you know who we haven't spent a second talking about in this quarter of the draw yet? Number two seed, Dominic Team. Oh, no, we haven't. Team. Yeah, exactly. Your brain goes to Demon Hour, who we can talk about in a second, but we haven't even talked about Dominic Team, and some of that's a product of just how poorly he played in his first match against Krajinovic. Two and one, there was no rhythm. It was just, it was, it was trash, and he knows that. And so, you know that we're not being rude to Dominic Team by saying that. But Dominic Team, Indian Wells champion, Dominic Team, Australian Open finalist, Dominic Team, number two freaking seed in this tournament, Maddie. What yeah. are you feeling about him heading into this event? What do you think about him in this portion of the draw? Because he has been the player who was, you know, I think all of us during that five and a half month stretch, we had a week where we thought to ourselves, you know what, man, is this Dominic Team's time? He's looked really good during these exos. He was trending upwards at the start of 2020. Are we about to see the reign of Team? And now he's almost become an afterthought. Now now it's, you know, I think Djokovic, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, and Raonic can win. And it's like, those are the four. And then there's a drop-off before you start talking about the Zverevs and teams of the world. Yeah, I let's, let's pump the brakes for just a second here. I've got team making the quarterfinals of my draw. So I think he actually has a very good draw here. I mentioned before the first couple rounds, I think will kind of allow him to ease into the tournament a little bit with a guy like Munar. You know, that's a good first round matchup. And then either, you know, Bradley Klon, Sumit Nagal. I mean, those are two guys that Dominic team will want to play. So I think he gets through the first few rounds, uh, you know, fairly easily. Marin Cilic, again, I'm not impressed with what I've seen out of Cilic. So team has a good draw. And I'm look, the match last week was was terrible. I mean, that was that was really bad. But I'm I'm gonna throw that out, okay? Because I don't think Dominic Team was entirely focused on that. Like I don't know if he had one eye towards the US Open, what was going on in his head, but he wasn't there. He didn't show up for that match. I guarantee you, Alex, that's not going to happen here. Three out of five sets. This is the U.S. Open. It's Dominic team. He's going to have some matches to work his way in. I'm not worried about him. I'm really not. I don't see upset alert for him, you know, through the first three rounds or so. I really don't. I think he's going to be fine. And as he goes into the tournament, if he starts to find his game, right, if he feels it round one, round two, round three, then look out because we do know what he can do, what he, you know, his game possesses. I think everybody's just freaking out after that last match. Yeah, it was bad. I, I didn't like that. You know, I'm in agreement there, but let's just pump the brakes. Let's see how the first couple rounds go. I think Dominic team's going to be fine. And I still think he can contend for this title. I really do. Yeah. I think you absolutely nailed it there at the beginning. If you're Dominic team, the draw gods blessed you. 
absolutely yes. blessed you. You can work your way into that second week. And yeah, a Chilich matchup, an Elbot or a Kudla, whoever it might be in that third round, should he get there? That's, you know, it's not easy. That's fine. But, yeah, but yeah, look but elsewhere that, in the third draw. Third round matchup, yeah. Third round matchup, that's what you would want. If you're dominant Absolutely. team and they said, hey, who do you want as your third round opponent? Oh, I would like uh, Albot or Kudla or Chilich. I mean, yeah. that would be a perfect third round opponent. No, I, I completely agree. And then you work your way through that first week. You get into the second week of the event. It's a brand new ball game. It's a whole new yes. tournament. And at that point, the fact that Dominic team is the number two seed matters that much more because he has made the finals of multiple Grand Slams. He's been there before. At that point, you assume he'll have found some sort of rhythm. It's a really interesting section. But you mentioned you have him going to the quarterfinals. That means I imagine you have someone else emerging who's not the top seed getting to the semifinals who is that person yeah it's going to be Milos um and I just I I wouldn't have picked this had I not seen like before the western and southern I didn't know where he was at like we hadn't seen him in a while Milos was a bit of a mystery I I was impressed and I was actually I mean I was surprised I did not expect that out of Milos Ranich at the western and southern he really impressed me that match yesterday with Novak um, he's going to be kicking himself because he got donated the first set and he just, <laughs> no, it's just funny. Cause you know, I, I knew even after that first set, I was like, ah, yeah, Novak spots him a set. That's fine. He'll win the second and third Milos isn't going to win this match, but, um, just the weapons that he possesses. I mean, his serve, his big ground strokes on this court surface, I think Milos is going to be very, very confident heading into this tournament. He knows what he just did at that last event. Um, I just, I think it's going to be hard to beat him. So I'm going to take Milos um, over Dominic team in the quarters, but that could go the other way. I wouldn't be shocked if team beat him, but just in form right now, from what I've seen, I've got to lean Milos. Well, it's just, it's a horrible matchup in theory for Dominic team on these courts because of how quickly they're playing. And, you know, to Dominic team's credits, the last two matches they played on hard courts in 2019, team a three-set winner in both of them, you know, uh, their two-and-two career head-to-head. But, yeah, I mean, on on this surface with that serve, his game, Milos Raonic has been so effective. It's going to be a really popular pick and I think a justifiable one. I do think of all of the guys in the draw, Bautista, Goot's actually one of the few who kind of is a, has like a decent matchup against Raonic because it's just like, oh, okay, I get to pick a big target. I need to pick the right target with my return. I need to pick big targets with my serve, move the ball around the court. He's a good mover as well. But how could yeah. you have watched what Milos Raonic did this last week and not be impressed? I think Hatchinov, by the way, uh, similarly a good matchup against Raonic in that he's got a big frame. He can ha- he has a first serve that can do damage to Milos Raonic. He's got a game where he has weapons. He's not going to play passively and let Raonic dictate and just hope Raonic misses. Is he going to get there? Here's my thing, though, with Hatchinov, Gruskin. Look at his draw. Yeah. Does he get past Sinner, Query, maybe Demonor, or Karlovich? I mean, that's a tough draw for Karen Hatchinov. I mean, if he gets to that point with Milos, I mean, man. Yeah, I but just... for Milos, it's like you got to get through. You got to get through RBA or Sandgren. Like that's not easy either. Yeah, it's not in a third round. I, I, but look at his first two rounds yeah. for Milos, right? Yeah. I mean, I think his first two rounds are going to be relatively routine, possibly straight sets. 
I think Hatchinoff could have a much more difficult time. I mean, I don't know if he's going to beat Sinner in straight sets. I don't know if he can beat Query in straight sets, Demonor in straight sets. I mean, those could all be five-set matches. Hatchinoff yeah. could be gassed by the time he gets to Milos. Yeah, and I mean, you sort of mentioned it. Let's say Demon, who played very, very bad in Western Southern Open. There's no yes, denying yes. that. But three out of five format, you're going to count him out. You're a fool if you're doing that on a hardcourt major. So that top half of the draw so just so loaded. I agree with you. I think one of those three players meets up with Dominic Team and ends up beating him in the quarterfinals, whether it's RBA, Hatchinov, or Rayonich yet. I'm still not exactly sure. I'm with you. I'm going to stick with Rayonich to watch what he did Uh over, you know, and there was always going to be a time. It's a Ben Rothenberg theory, but it's one a lot of people would share. You know, Milos Raonic was of the Grigor Nishikori generation, was always one of the guys who showed the most promise. And there was always going to be a time when the threshold of how good you have to be to be a, win a major was probably as good as Re- Milos Raonic because he was just going to be the most experienced in his prime, all of these different things. He calls it the Raonic theory. I think we're about as close to that Raonic theory hitting its, you know, peak as possible because you don't have Federer, you don't have Nadal, you have an injured Djokovic, and then all of these young guys still trying to break through, really prove themselves, establish themselves as top five players. Yeah, I think Rayonich probably has to be the pick. I, you know, it's not going to be Andy Murray, and maybe I just jinxed it there, and it will be him. I hope I did, um, but it's. I just don't think it is. I think Rayonich has to be the pick. I agree with you, and that gets us to our final thing, Manny. We've worked our way through this draw up and down. We've looked at every possible match, all of the possible scenarios. Just a quick recap of where we are with our predictions on the top half. We, well, you know, I, I was going to say we both agree for to, you know, to show the guy. Odds that I'm faithful. I said Djokovic Zverev, but it could be Tsitsipas. You said Djokovic Tsitsipas. On the bottom half, we agree Medvedev, Rayonich, and that's dangerous. Whenever you agree on all four, we're definitely, you know, there. Some, we're, I don't think we're missing something though, right? Because I know we came to the same conclusions, but given all of the uncertainty. I feel like this is what we've seen. Like those have been the four best players, and they're all in different sections of the draw. Yeah, no, I I think so too. But we didn't yeah. we didn't agree on all four, did we? You took no, Zverev over Sitsipas, yeah, right? See how I say there? I'm agreeing with you on Sitsipas, and that might show you where my head's actually at. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying those are the guys, right? Yes, for sure. I, I think those are the guys. It's it's pretty clear. Um, and just the way that the draw fell, I mean, I could just I could see it going that way. One other thing I do want to say here, Gruskin, though, if we could back it up for just a second, because I want to go on record saying this. At the very bottom portion of the draw, I have Dan Evans into the fourth round to match up with Dominic Team. Mm. I have Evans over FAA in the third round. Um, and I know I wanted to say that because you know how much I love FAA. I really impressed with Dan Evans recently. I just I like his game. He's a tricky opponent for anybody. I think he can make a run into the fourth round. So I've got Evans over FAA in the third round. Just wanted to say that. Um, again, I, I, this is one of the benches I've been on, but I, you know, a smarter person than me, Maddie, has said that part of the problem in our culture right now is that men have forgotten how to show affection for one another. That's a phenomenal pick. Like I, I have no qualms with any of that. That's why. That's why we have you on the show. You nailed that one. I think that is the pick there. I think Dan Evans has been so exceptional this year. You look at the race uh, to the year-end finals, Dan Evans right now. I mean, he's legitimately been a top 30 player. He's number 31. I mean, he's just been really, really, really good. And so I agree. On these courts, his variety, 
Good prick by you, Maddie. All right, though. Speaking of picks, let's get down to the nitty and gritty. We have our semifinalists. Give me who you see advancing to the finals and then ultimately your 2020 U.S. Open champ. Yeah, pretty easy here. Um, I've got Novak over Sitsipas in the semis on the top half. I, as much as I'd love to pick Stefanos, I did last week, and look what that <laughs> got me. So I'm not making that mistake again. I could, you know, I could go, you know, and, and try and, you know, make some case for somebody other than Novak, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be right. I'm going to make the correct pick um, and pick Novak. And then, of course, on the bottom half, um, I'm going to go Medvedev over Milos. I think that could be a fun matchup, but Medvedev, it just he's going to be able to handle, you know, similar like yesterday, Alex, what we saw, how Novak ended up taking Milos down. Medvedev's going to be able to do that as well, I think. And so I've got Novak matching up with Medvedev in the final. Last year, we saw Medvedev against Rafa. This year, we're going to get Medvedev-Novak. Um, <clears throat> as much as I'd love to pick Medvedev, I'm not going to do it. Again, I want to be right here. I'm going to make the correct pick. It's not the sexy pick. You know, it's not the upset pick. But I'm going to be right because Novak is going to win the U.S. Open. I think we know that. Three out of five, he's going to be so, so tough to beat. I just, I, I'm not going to be the one to pick against him. I think that's stupid. So, um, Novak over Sitsi in the semis. I've got Medvedev over Milos. and the, Or Medvedev, yeah, Medvedev over Milos. And then uh, Novak to take it all against Medvedev in the final. See, again, I... <laughs> I feel like I must be missing something if we agree, if we're this in sync, because I just don't know. It makes sense, though. It makes sense, though, doesn't it? Yeah, but then we have to be missing something. It shouldn't make sense. These Grand Slams never make sense. If we've learned anything, maybe they'll just, the tennis guy's going to say, look, we're going to keep things a little bit more simple on the men's side because the women's side is so chaotic. You're right. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe I am just looking for something that isn't there because I completely agree with you. I think the perfect matchup for Milos Raonic, not named Novak Djokovic, is Daniil Medvedev. That length, that range. Now, the flip side to that, given how far back range, Ranich stands behind the, or Ranich, excuse me, Medvedev stands when returning on the baseline. I do think giving Ranich that much time to move forward, serve and volley after serve and volley after serve and volley, that's a tough matchup. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about that, that I'm seeing that out, I actually kind of don't hate Ranich in that match because, you know, what Three Djokovic— Three out of five, remember. Yeah, but what Djokovic Three does so well is take that return early, right? He takes it inside the baseline. He takes time away from the serving and volleying Ranich. He dips that ball at his feet. Yeah, Medvedev gets a clean look at the return, but Reynic is already going to be on top of the net by the time Medvedev hits that return. And so I just think it's a different matchup. But I just think Medvedev, three out of five, the physicality, you kept mentioning it. He's got his own serve, and yeah, he can get a little bit passive, but... I just, I love him in this format. I love the physicality, and Luke Jensen made a really convincing argument, so I will take Medvedev to make the final, and I will say this, if there's anyone who can out-death by a thousand paper cut Novak Djokovic, it might just be Daniil Medvedev right now, and that match is going to be 75 hours. That's the over-under, you know, that's the good take. It's not a bad take or a hot take, it's just the take. Nevertheless, sometimes it's as simple as Novak Djokovic is... Maybe the best player of all time. He's certainly, in my opinion, the best hardcore, yeah. best male hardcore player of all time. I want to specify that. Serena's the GOAT. Uh, Djokovic, the best male player of all time. I think Djokovic, the best hardcore player of all time. Let's just keep things that simple. He's the champ, Maddie. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. I mean, keep it simple. Yeah. Why why try to, you know, come up with some, you know, theory about why he's going to lose or whatever? I mean, because we've tried to do that before, right? We've come up mm-hmm. with ways where we're like, you know what? Novak's not going to win this time. But he does. He always does. I'm just, let's keep it simple. Let's take him to win, and we'll be correct. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there it is, then. Our men's pick, Maddie and I both going with a Djokovic-Medvedev final, taking Novak Djokovic to win the title. Uh, And that is your men's draw, folks. Again, we have gone up and down this quarter, an hour and a half of quality draw preview content for all of you to consume. Now, of course, if you are feeling good on these picks, you can go right now to DraftKings.com. Get in on the action. You want to know currently, what are the DraftKings odds in terms of the U.S. Open? What are your looks for potential champions? All of these different things. Maddie, if you look at it in this moment right now, U.S. Open men's future odds. Who are the players who have a legit, you know, what are the odds makers thinking in terms of who has the best chance to win? Novak Djokovic was plus 300 earlier in the week. Hopefully you capitalized on that because he is now minus 125. But they agree with us, Maddie. Medvedev plus 550. Pass plus 800. Dominic Team plus 900. Milos Raonic 17 to 1. That one's tempting, Maddie. That is tempting. If you play this event 17 times, does Milos Raonic win one of them? <sighs> I mean, I would, I would want to say yes, but at the at the same time, <laughs> it's like I don't know because maybe he wouldn't. Yeah. Like the the answer you would think would be yes, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. That is tempting, though. I will say that. I'll think yeah. about that. The only two players other than them under forty to one are Zverev and RBA at twenty to one. So I think Vegas agrees with us and pejorative Vegas. DraftKings agrees with us. Those are the seven guys, really, and those are the seven guys we talked a lot about, so certainly those are the names. If you want to get in on those, you should be thinking about. Of course, you can get in on the day-to-day action, 128 first-round matches. We're all excited about that. You can hear our daily picks on our GSP Ace of the Day as we go, day in, day out, and of course, Maddie will be joining me either tomorrow night. I, I guess tomorrow night. I can lock you in for tomorrow night, right? It's, it's going to be me and you recapping day one on the mini break oh yeah oh yeah so we have day one coming up all of our daily action recapped on the mini break we preview the next day as well and of course you can find all of this content on our website crackedrackets.com our super producer daniel westoff putting together a fantastic guide of all of our u.s open content so be sure to go check that out and again be sure to go check out all the action with our friends at DraftKings by going to dkng.co slash great shot i mentioned it before but shout out as always to our super producers max fligner and Daniel Westoff for the of an iron job they do day in, day out. We keep them busy, and nevertheless, they always get the job done. So shout out to the both of them. Uh, with that in mind, Maddie, any final thoughts before we wrap this bad boy up? Hour and a half feels about right for this. Yeah, about right. Um, I'm just, I'm excited, man. I mean, it's been a while since we've got to watch Grand Slam tennis. So I'm just looking forward to it. Obviously, the first few days are always super fun just because of how many matches there are. And, you know, I'm sure we'll recap everything. But um, yeah, lots of fun stuff, man. I mean, we're, we're lucky. I'm glad that we actually have some Grand Slam tennis to watch during, you know, this this crazy time that we're in right now. So um, I'm just going to soak it in, man. Enjoy it. And uh, hopefully it's a, a tremendous tournament. We know it will be. You want to give me your women's pick as well so I can get you on the record? Oh, it's so hard, man. <laughs> I mean, because there's so many different. Uh, I know. 
You could have said I, no. You could have just been like, no, I don't want to give you a pick. Yeah, well, I still think I'm going to say no. Um, <laughs> I, I may give it to you later, but yeah, yeah, I'll reserve the right on that one. I just, I, honestly, like, I would love to say Kennan, but the fact, like, it's going to be hard to go back to back, like, to win the Australian mm-hmm. and then the U.S. Open. Like, I, I, I don't think it'll happen. It's got to be Osaka. That's what I was, yeah. yeah. Uh, Osaka would be, like, for me, the most logical pick. I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily rooting for her to win. Um, you know, obviously, I want an American to, to come through. But I think Osaka would be probably the best choice, I think. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I think uh, that's the way I'm leaning as well. And, of course, all of you listeners can be on the lookout for Jamie and I doing the same exercise for the women in depth. Uh, but... With all of that being said, for our incredible super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at DraftKings, my incredible co-host on today's show, Matt the Cracks Dekowiak, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, my name is Alex Gruskin. Maddie, what do we tell the listeners? Hey, great shot. And we will see you all tomorrow with the U.S. Open underway. Enjoy, everyone. Enjoy, everyone.